Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 93 for Monday, June 15th, 2020. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixel Riffs, and joining me, as always, is Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. Hello, and speaking of how the internet knows you, what's in a name? If you'd like to find out, listen to The Render Distance. That is the pre-show conversation that we have, and you can find that at patreon.com slash thespawnchunks. What have you been up to in Minecraft this week, Joel? I've seen you've been uh, streaming from the city of Southport again. I have, and in the course of a week, roughly, I have raised a building, nearly start to finish. Mm -hmm. uh, it's much smaller <laughs> than the other apartment building uh, that I have. Instead of four apartments per floor, there's only one. Uh, lesson learned, and I think I might go with this moving forward to try and have slightly smaller buildings, because mm -hmm. uh, you can always make them taller, but having the same <clears throat> roadmap to go up uh, makes things a lot easier. And... Uh, I've really had a lot of fun with it. I did the exterior design after I figured out the palette. Lo the logistics were next. So uh, I did water elevators, but the water elevators go to each individual floor. Uh, it's nothing fancy. It's just that you've got two sets of elevators, one on one side and one on the next. So you kind of do like a zigzag pattern as you go from like first to second to third to fourth. Uh huh. And all the elevators are on display on the outside of the building. So they're not hidden at all. And then... We got to the interior design. Now, this is where I'm out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you do research for this, you go, oh, I'll go to Pinterest and I'll go to YouTube and look up like all the cool little sub block tricks and, you know, pushing pistons and stuff. I know things that you used to do all the time uh, and realize that none of it works for modern design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of it. None of it works. Uh, putting. Um, item frames up for cupboards with slabs in it for like cupboard doors it only looks good in a rustic build it doesn't look good in a modern apartment where you want to have black cupboards like it just it doesn't there's not a lot you can do yeah um we do however have a couple of data packs on the server um, both of which people would be familiar with from hermitcraft which is the posable armor stand uh as well as the um wandering trader a micro block uh custom head texture right so yeah you get you'll, you'll get a kind of thing get a custom mob head and it'll, it'll look like blue concrete or you know cyan or whatever and it's kind of cool because it it really does like i every time i see a wandering trader i go over and check the trades now because i need to have the block on me and i need to have an emerald and then if i do that i get eight of these little micro blocks now the problem is that once you place them in the world they they're changed names to player head so you can't then put them back in your inventory and restack them yeah, they can't. So they can't, can't stack. You can't sort them. That kind of stuff. No, yeah. it's, so it's a little bit tricky. So you kind of have to have a shulker box, just kind of like full of these things. But they're they're good for things like you know putting like a toothbrush cup on a bathroom counter, just yeah. just enough to kind of sell a little bit extra. It's basically like taking a flower pot and just giving it different colors. Yes. Uh, for the sake of scale and and that kind of thing. Adding a little um, bit of uh, rotation to it as well, because of course you can place them facing different ways, the same you can yes. with like signs or the other mob heads that you get in the game. Yep, armor stand, same sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so, so that kind of stuff was really cool. Um, I did use just the one armor stand. I was going to use more, but I decided just to do the one. I ended up putting my kitchen sink in one of the interior designs uh, in front of a window. And so typically people will use like a tripwire hook to indicate like a faucet or uh, often a, um, a lever pulled down. The problem with that is that you get the little redstone sparkle that comes out of it. Yeah. Um, and they work fine. But what I did this time was I put a andesite wall on the head of an armor stand and then um, 
put it on top of the cauldron and it just naturally sank. And then I think I changed it to a mini version and then just moved it around so that the the andesite wall just looks like a faucet. Just kind of sure. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can so see it's that. A little, it's a little bit of a stretch of the imagination because the um, the wall in your inventory has like two little parts sticking out to the side of it. So it's yeah. a clear silhouette. It's not just a standard wall when it's you like, place it's it like on a, its own. It's like a wall with a post kind of thing, but it's got yeah. the wall segments either side as though it's connecting to something next to it. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of looks like one of those weird faucets that you'd see at like, you know, a, a home development store. You're just like, huh, that's weird. Nothing you'd ever buy. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. It's just like, well, that's a weird looking faucet. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's still, because of where it is on the cauldron, it looks like a faucet. And so that works. A um, couple of really fun things that are actually pretty standard Minecraft stuff, like putting string on the ground and then putting carpet on that to have your carpet and countertop extend beyond what's underneath it. Yeah. So that it kind of has like a bit of an outs- outside there. I have the tables and chairs data pack from Chuck Chuck with my own custom model. So my tables and chairs actually look like tables and chairs for the most part. I'm still using slabs and, and Minecraft stairs for couches and coffee tables, though. Um, I really like the new smooth quartz texture. A stair and a slab together looks like a lounger, you know, like for going out and sun tanning. Yeah, you know, fi- kind of finally you... having a quartz texture that doesn't tile with the line yeah. at the edges is yep. really useful for stuff like that. So yeah, I, yep. to- I totally agree with that. Really cool. And then of course I had to take a, a, a page from Cosmic's book because after I did the first pass, I was like, this looks good and it's okay, but it's not as filled out as I wanted it to be because I didn't get into the knickknack stuff. I just did the basic layout. And then Cosmic went and decorated one of her apartments in the building. And of course, there's flowers everywhere. And I thought, that's what I'm missing. Like I'm missing not just flowers, but I, I did put some flowers, like, you know, putting a flower pot on the table with a flower. And it kind of, it just kind of adds that extra little bit of detail, a little, a little busyness to it. But I went extra green. So like I used flower pots with dead bushes and then leaf blocks on top of that. I used um, bamboo actually in a flower pot. Looks really cool. The yeah. one little leaf kind of sprig off to the side. Very nice, bright color. Uh, I used a lot of, um, uh, I used it like a composter filled with compost to the point where it's got bone meal, but it's not been emptied. And then you put leaf blocks on top of that. I made like an outdoor charcoal barbecue, like a bunch of these little things that were just really fun to kind of, to add in. Uh, and I really am the most proud about the bathroom because it took a while. It actually probably took the better part of an hour on stream, but it was fun to kind of get into this really small, like four by three space and try to make it look like a shower stall and a sink um waterlogged stair is really cool for like having a reverse sink you know the the thing just... that the thing that pops out to me i think from all of these details that uh, you've shared a couple of screenshots with me here in discord is the fact that you've got the 3d texture on your iron trap doors instead of them just being like you know a 2d yeah. texture that has some transparency in it where you can clearly see where it's flat i feel like using that for the kind of it's like a cooker hood for your little island kind of thing there or maybe that's not the cooker hood it's like more like a, a lighting fixture above yep. part of it and then like a ceiling fan uh, something about the 3d-ness of that and the fact that it's part of the iron trapdoor is actually inset into the model for that like really brings it to life in a way that i feel like regular iron trapdoors do just look kind of flat and that's that's a, a really neat thing. And using end rods there as well for the lighting fixture is very good because obviously those provide light where you would expect the light to be coming from the giant tube of stuff, but that is just the, the trapdoors, which aren't going to be naturally light-emitting blocks. So that's Yeah, uh, I, pick, that's I picked clever. up that... Thanks. I picked up that trick... Uh, I can't remember where I picked that up. Probably YouTube, but I, I did it in the cafe 
not with a, a row of them, but just with an individual. It was like ups, yeah. it was like fence, end rod, and then and then um, iron trapdoor for the lighting, quote unquote, fixture. Yeah, uh, it would be really cool if you could use white carpet, but of course you can't place them like that underneath the end rod. You'd have like the, you can't yeah. get them close enough. without having string at like eye level or above. That's the thing. Yeah. The thing about doing stuff like this, and you mentioned this with the uh, the kind of countertop coming off the side of it and putting string down, is that eventually you're just swimming in string, which I don't really like mm. doing all that much. I try and use no. it sparingly for when you need to like limit the height of plants or something like that, because I find that I do notice it it's like when you notice like some particles moving around at the corner of your vision and you're kind of getting mm -hmm. distracted by it constantly so yeah I, t I tend to avoid using stuff like that where i can but occasionally it's just the right thing you need in the right place yeah and if you can put it on something gray it's really hard to see yeah yeah you know like the 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 smooth stone stairs or smooth stone blocks that i've used it makes it very very difficult to see and there's only the one once you start to get into multiples then it starts to really show up i try to do something cool with vines and bushes above the door um which aren't in the screenshots and immediately you just you, whenever you enter or exit the apartment the first thing you see is string in your face you're just like nope can't yeah. can't do that it just mm -hmm. it, as cool as it looks with the cool viney stuff above the door that's not that's not staying because that just kind of breaks the immersion um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm surprised at how long it took, like two, two decent streams this weekend. And I want to say almost all of it was interior design. Yeah. Um, well, you when know? you, when you're working with that level of trial and error in survival as well, yeah. and like interiors are not quick to do because you're thinking about it in the same way that you would design an interior space in the real world, which takes a lot of consideration, not to mention the fact that you're now working with space restrictions because you've already built the outside of it so you can't be like well i'll just remove this wall to put in something that i really think would fit there you know because then you've you've got to completely remodel the <laughs> exterior of the building so yeah i i was running into the same problem with the jungle temple that i've been working on because i have right. finally completed the, the 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 jungle temple concept i had which was to turn the entire thing into a mini game in the in the same way that the traditional Minecraft pre-generated jungle temples are, where you've got a couple of levers to pull and you know a couple of trip wires to dodge, that kind of thing. I wanted to expand on that concept, and so I have it set up so there is a monument in the center as you like get into the top of the of the temple, and there are four dispensers that will have flint and steels inside of them, so fires light as you complete each one of these challenges, and the challenges typically just go into one section that corresponds with the the staircase opposite one of the dispensers you go down there and there is a gold block for you to retrieve but the gold block is on an observer which then reroutes a redstone signal to the monument that lights the uh the fire on each side and then when you've lit all four of the fires by getting all four of the gold blocks a bunch of blocks retract and there's a chest inside that gets you more goodies then each of the gold blocks is kind of protected in a different way so there is a parkour challenge there is a maze there is one corridor that fires arrows at you and then drops you down into the water section at the bottom where the parkour challenge is. And there's a fourth one where I was trying to simulate this Indiana Jones running away from a boulder Raiders of the Lost Ark style. And I just had a bunch of gravel drop from the ceiling in sequence, which it turns out worked really well. The only problem being that you have to turn around and look at it falling so that you can actually get the full effect. So you're running out of this, <laughs> running out of this corridor backwards is the only way to really understand what's going on. But it, it still looked pretty cool. So I was, yeah. I was pretty happy with that. But gosh, the redstone inside of that thing is a giant mess because I hadn't I hadn't kind of focused on what I was going to do with all of the traps when I built the structure and as a result I was finding myself running out of space constantly 
Um, mm. So, so lesson one: plan the traps before you build the structure to make sure that they can fit. Um, also, I really wish I had put in floors that were more than a single block thick, because then I was having to find ways of, you know, embedding redstone stuff in the floor, like pistons and some blocks that were going to be moving around. I then had to make sure that none of that was visible to the room below, which was part of the maze. And so I was going through making sure like I could slab over some of the stuff that was now poking through the ceiling. Um, redstone gives me such a headache. <laughs> And this this jungle temple project took way longer than I wanted it to, simply because I was trying to do these sort of redstone things where things were wrapping around, and then a comparator decay clock was making sure that all of the the gravel could fall in a sequence instead of all of the pistons retracting at once and dropping the gravel on you that way. Um, I'm also, it turns out, really really bad at parkour, surprising nobody. But when I was designing this parkour challenge, I thought I'll make it like moderately difficult and. I was obviously making it moderately difficult for myself because it's a single player world and I'm the only one there. So when I was demonstrating that for the video later, it took me about 20 minutes to complete the course. And it's the kind of thing where if it had been on just like a casual minigame server, I probably would have given up and done something else. But I had to show it for the video. So so that was kind of fun. But I I learned quite a bit in the process of it and I was able to do something pretty cool with the redstone side of things, which I was I was really happy with. And uh, I, I got my gold blocks back <laughs> after after raiding it for the first time. So eventually, nice. if, if I end up publishing a world download for the Survival Guide world, which may be one of the milestone goals that we're going to reach on this fundraising stream I have coming up on, on uh, June 20th, uh, that's potentially going to be there for other people to play as well if they feel like heading out to the jungle and giving that a try. Nice. Uh, depending on the size, I mean, you probably don't have the room given what you've said, but... One of the things that you might be able to do with that gravel run trap is if the sides of the hallway are dropping faster than the middle, then you might be able to see that in front of you as the player is yeah, running away. It, it's it's only a two block wide hallway to begin with because oh, I was thinking mind. about like how much I could have pistons retracting and stuff. But yeah, right. if, if I made it three wide and somehow had like a piston double extender to take out the middle block, then yeah, maybe you could end up having like some stuff falling to one side or the other. It depends which side the player chooses to run down, ultimately. Um, but it was also necessary to do that so that I could um, <laughs> I could trigger the trap without the players immediately noticing it. Like, I didn't want something as obvious as a, a pressure plate, and people were already looking for tripwires in a jungle temple. So right. I had a setup where a redstone ore block would be pushed underneath a trap door that you have to walk on to get up the steps. And then when you go back through that way, it, it activates the redstone ore block which triggers an observer which triggers the pistons which trigger everything else happening so the wow. sort of cascading effect of stuff i was having to add to get this thing to work the way i wanted to was a little bit ridiculous but it worked out in the end and and i was pretty happy with it My, i think about uh, those kind of traps whenever i see piston waves in redstone builds like the pistons that just like they do crazy stuff like um rainbow floors or um cascading farms and stuff like that i always yeah. think about stuff like like either cascading pistons like trying to squish players like i think about all the different things that you'd had to avoid in like a mario game yeah uh and then uh and actually there's there's something similar in minecraft dungeons too where like you, they try to push you off the edge of stuff yes um, or, or in the desert temple i was thinking of doing something yeah. like that with the the traps that come in from either side and try and squash you in the middle and i was i was, <laughs> I was thinking about trying something like that but then again trying to fit that that amount of piston circuitry with the space i had was unfortunately very yeah very difficult to do 
Um, yeah, and it's hard because the pistons would remove pressure plates on the floor. Like they, they yes. don't they don't push over. They would they would destroy it. It'd be like a one time one time trigger maybe. Yeah. Um, which might be good because then you'd be stuck on it. Like you'd be squished, and it would probably pin you. But um, the other thing that I think about is um, a line of dispensers with arrows in them, mm-hmm. all firing like crossways across the hallway, and you yeah. have to like run ahead of the the pooting arrows, so to speak. Yeah. Um, speaking of Minecraft Dungeons, by the way, my other major achievement this week was finally beating Minecraft Dungeons without weapons. Um, Dude. <laughs> on, we, I did a stream on Tuesday because having finalized my strategy, I think I talked about it on last week's show because I basically just come up with it that Monday. Um, I managed to beat the boss with a combination of passive burning damage from the armor enchantments I had shadow brew potions which actually just stop the boss from moving around because if the player is not there then the mob the the, you know the monster's ai just doesn't do anything so it just kind of stands there for a while so i had basically seven seconds to sneak up on it burn it and then tactically roll off the edge of the arena so i could respawn back on the safe area that you respawn at if you lose a life to that boss um so little by little i wore down its health and managed to get a few swings in because it wouldn't be a bare fist steve fight without him occasionally dealing a little bit of damage which was was super fun and most of it came down to just how long it was taking me to use the uh surprise gift enchantment to produce more potions and how often shadow brew potions would come up which was really the only way i could get close to the boss because i still lost yeah. two lives on that fight but man it was a rush and we we actually managed to get it done which was really, really fun. I made a video all about it as well. It's on my YouTube channel now. So uh, if anybody wants to know how it was done, attempt it for themselves, maybe. A lot of luck went into it in terms of the uh, the enchantments that I got, the armor that I got. Um, but Barefist Steve is now on adventure difficulty. And there are now weapons I can get from adventure difficulty onwards that are fist-style fighting uh, melee weapons Fine. so there are gauntlets that you can use to basically you, you get a much better it's not just like the single swing of like punching a tree it's it's like a full-on martial arts combo like uppercut kind of thing and um it, they're, <laughs> they're awesome. really they're really fun to use they're faster than daggers as well so if you get a, a decently powerful thing you're doing a lot of dps and there are enchantments that start to come in once you reach adventure mode that are like the more powerful enchantments that cost a few more enchantment levels and one of those that i got was radiance and so every so often it has a chance to effectively project this aura out that heals you when you're hitting stuff and because you're hitting stuff so fast with these weapons it's triggering constantly and so it starts to it starts to feel like you're playing a dubstep music video with the amount of time it's going Uh, but it's um it, it's awesome. it's a it's a really fun play style and i managed to get through some of the higher level difficulties on adventure without any uh, ranged weapons still but using these melee weapons so barefist steve is kind of now like my main character in minecraft dungeons he's just kind That's of like phenomenal dude yeah i mean it, it's it was fun and it was great to see so many people come out to the stream and and have a good time with it and mainly just people in the chat telling me i was nuts for even attempting it was <laughs> was very fulfilling so i've done it i beat minecraft dungeons without weapons and it seems so silly to do something like that so early in this game's release cycle but it just felt like the kind of thing that once I found it, I couldn't stop until I figured out a way to, to to see it through. And I'm looking forward to the DLC now because there might be more bosses I can punch. Nice. I think, too, that it just it just really highlights how flexible Minecraft Dungeons is. 
Yes. Right? Like it just it's it's not a sandbox game, but because it's inspired by one, it really does a good job of of allowing you to kind of play it however you want. And I don't want to say that all of the ways that you can decide to play the game are going to be successful, but the fact that you can make that way successful is I don't want to say surprising because I'm kind of not surprised, but it's just very cool that it's possible. And I, yeah. and I think that I think it just it's a really fun way to to go through it. Uh, one of the things that really appeals is how fast you punch stuff. When I was watching one of your videos, yeah. I think it was the first one, just how quickly you start to wail on things and to have different animations and stuff like that really bring in some fun to it would be great. When I played Diablo, I played a monk. And uh, one of the things that the monk got fairly early on was a big kick that had like a pushback effect mm-hmm. and they give you some graphics that go with it i can't remember what it is it was like the holy the holy bell or the holy something anyway it's a giant bell that like spiritual bell that kind of appears over your character and then pushes through this kick and it comes with this great big like church bell dong yeah <laughs> sound effect so you'd be punching and wailing and doing all this kind of stuff and it's super cool like kung fu stuff and then you just lift your leg and there's just this giant like ringing a bell cartoon like dong sort of finishing move and it was always really satisfying to send these demons flying <laughs> with mm-hmm. my giant bell and i, I th- that kind of stuff is really fun when you can have it happen in, in the game i'm trying to remember what enchantment on my glaive did that it was something that would either explode or do something, but one of the one of the glaive enchantments, echo or something, would have some sort of explosive light effect, and it was just fun, you know. Yeah. It, just, it just added that kind of like that Zoro like squish squish squish, and you're dead, yeah. you know, like that kind of like flourish to to whatever you were doing. Yeah, uh, I I have a couple of more experiences with Minecraft Dungeons. We're going to be talking about Minecraft Dungeons in the main discussion as well. But I've started playing a little bit of uh, in person like couch co op with with my wife because we're probably going to be playing a little bit of it on the the fundraising stream just as a a bonus kind of thing to uh, switch it up when we're getting away from regular Minecraft. And I was kind of teaching her the ropes because she'd never really played before. And I have a second Xbox controller now, and I can plug it into my PC, and it works out of the box, which is great. Um, the one problem I am having with the multiplayer in terms of, you know, playing together with the same screen and, you know, on, on the same machine is that uh, when you open the inventory for either character, it does take up the entire screen and it's just oh, wow. that character's inventory. So I imagine it's the same on consoles as well, unless they've implemented something else. But your health bars that like the, the GUI, the HUD is split at the bottom of the screen so player one is on the left player two is on the right it's pretty intuitive but there is no other split screen functionality you can't wander off on your own and get too far away from your partner you have to play in the same area and the person who's wandering off basically gets teleported back towards the um the player who's kind of more stationary and also when you open the inventory screen that's it like you can't the 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 player who is not in their inventory can't interact with anything which did lead to a couple of times where we would check out the gear that we had mid-level only to find that somebody else was getting attacked off camera uh because the game doesn't pause and i know the the technical explanation for that obviously being if it's a game that you can just jump into and out of in a multiplayer instance then pausing the game for everybody kind of ruins that experience, especially if you're playing online co-op, because if somebody's in their inventory, you don't know what else is happening. But not giving the player any kind of invincibility, you know, you know, 
cooldown or something like that, or even um, allowing for couch co-op to pause the game when something like that is open because you know that there aren't any other players logged in from online whose experience is going to be affected by the game just pausing for a second while you sort some stuff out does kind of like it, it's it's not a game breaker or anything it, it, it doesn't like ruin the experience for me but it is kind of a a hurdle to overcome so we're having to adopt a completely different kind of play style where we pick a loadout for the entire level first and then we go through try and beat as much of that as we can and try and find safe spaces within the level to change armor and actually look through some of that stuff and you end up with loads of equipment left over where in single player i would just be like opening my inventory quickly salvaging it going back and continuing fighting right yeah yeah. i i did find that um while streaming dungeons i was able to even walk away from the computer for like a five minute break on many of the levels you can find a little nook that you're safe in yeah uh, which is cool especially if it's like just before you go into like a dungeon or a door or something like there's usually like a little a little respite space. Yeah. And and, and we, uh, we we figured out that as part of the the rhythm of it eventually, but it, it's the instinctive need to like, oh, I've picked something up. Let me see what enchantments are on it immediately yeah. or let me let me see if it's better than the the weapons I currently have and that immediately leads to uh yeah, a, a little bit of trouble, a little bit of panic and like which button do I leave to which button do I press yeah. to leave the inventory? Um, you you think that they would just do a split screen. Like you think that if if player 2 hit their inventory that it would just cover that half of the screen. It would just be like a vertical split kind of thing. I, yeah. I, I was hoping that was what it did. So it was kind of a disappointment, but I think maybe just the layout of it and the amount of stuff that's going on, the amount of information it has to present, mm. especially if you're adding enchantments to gear and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know how they would lay that stuff out. And maybe that's something that can be... down. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something that can be refined in a, a future update to the game or something. But either way, I think it's, it's not like I said, a, a deal breaker for me for, for co-op dungeons. I think it just needs a slightly different approach to the play style. I never thought about that because I, I don't have a co-op opportunity locally. Anytime I play multiplayer, it's always online. Yeah, uh, especially right now. Kind of difficult to have, have friends over for <laughs> some, <laughs> what is that? Some, some couch sharing in Minecraft dungeons. Uh, but let's, yeah. let's move on to the news because we have dallied long enough here at the top of the show and we have some pre-releases to talk about. Uh, pre-releases 3, 4, and 5 for Minecraft Java Edition 1.16 were released today. We have links to the blog post on Minecraft.net for you in the show notes. And a quick note at the top here, this pre-release fixes a bunch of bugs, but they've also made a few minor weeks the nether update is closing in and mojang aims to release the update within a couple of weeks that was a uh, notice as of pre-release three so it looks like we can potentially expect the nether update to be released by the end of june all things hopefully going well up until that point but let's cover the changes here in pre-release three uh they have made nether for- fortresses slightly more common food can now be placed on unlit campfires Visibility under lava is now slightly better when under the effect of fire resistance. Piglins now hear you break a chest or block of gold or similar even if you're out of their line of sight and they will assume that you are stealing. The game will now attempt to recover worlds that were corrupted or broken in 1.16 pre-release 1. The game rule descriptions now span multiple lines if needed on the game rule screen and a loading screen is now displayed while the game is reading world data for loading, creating or recreating a world. In pre-release 4, there was just another couple of bug fixes along with a tweak 
to hostile spawn rates in Warped Forest and Soul Sand Valleys. And the pre-release five changes are more based around the uh, new fabulous graphics setting that was added recently. It's added a GPU warn list for graphics drivers that are known to have rendering issues with fabulous graphics. If your GPU driver is detected as problematic, then a warning message will be displayed with details of the detected problem. The message can be ignored, but support cannot be provided for graphics drivers on the warn list running fabulous graphics. Uh, there are a bunch of bug fixes here, some of which we'll get into. Uh, in pre-release 3, we had mobs sometimes still despawning even if named with a name tag. That has been fixed. Uh, bees not avoiding water and thereby killing themselves through drowning has been fixed. And bees wandering AI trying to go through three-way corners also getting fixed. Large oak trees were replacing blocks. That one's been taken care of as well. Nether fortress mobs no longer spawning in the extended bounding box, which is something we're going to get to in a second here and swimming up on the side of flowing water no longer preventing the player from drowning has been fixed as well in pre-release 4 we have a uh, a bit of a tweak to creative mode being able to milk cows um, it was kind of inconsistent whether you were milking them or getting mushroom stew and when you would pick up the uh, placed fluids as a result um in pre-release 5, uh, iron golems weren't spawning inside of non-full... Uh, iron golems were spawning inside of non-full blocks. That's been fixed. Mobs no longer suffocate inside of soul sand, farmland, or grass paths. That's fixed too. Uh, mobs not pathfinding around holes or lava. Water tinted rendered differently behind glass top versus sides. And small mobs drowning while in boats. I think that's something to do with their, their eye height uh, having been fixed. And then I spotted this uh, on Sliced Lime's Twitter feed and, and on Reddit as well. And this is something that's been discussed by the folks who do snapshot videos. I think it also came up in Azuma's video recently. Um, he posted a Reddit thread about some things in 1.16, some bugs that had recently been fixed uh, that the community was concerned about and something that they plan to do with farms in future. So he revealed that Mojang has had an internal discussion about spawning rules and wanted to make some changes, which now will not come with 1.16, but he wanted to give the community a heads up that they're going to happen in future. So zombified piglins are not supposed to drop XP and player kill items if they aren't killed by a player. Uh, zombie pigmen did this historically uh, you know if they were still aggroed then they took damage from some other source they would still drop XP and you know gold ingots and weapons and stuff as though they'd been killed by a player that is a bug that is ultimately going to be fixed because Mojang thinks it is unbalanced as far as gameplay is concerned um, there is also a, um, a fix to nether fortress mobs spawning less frequently uh, in the works and they may no longer spawn outside of the individual bounding box of fortress structures uh, so to explain that again briefly the nether fortresses have a larger bounding box that covers the entire structure basically all of the dimensions of the fortress are covered and then a set of smaller bounding boxes that are actually around the individual corridors and cross sections of the fortress and the outer bounding box is sometimes used for uh, nether mob farms, like if you're using nether brick as a platform to spawn wither skeletons inside the bounding box of a fortress, you can do that. But they are planning on rolling that back so that you can only really find nether fortress mobs spawning inside of the individual sections of the fortress. So a couple of big changes on the horizon. Once again, those are not coming with Minecraft 1.16, which is cool because a lot of people are going to be spending time in the nether and a lot of people currently rely on those kind of mechanics for farms in their current worlds but they're kind of giving us a heads up here making sure that we know about that ahead of time i think 
I'm a little surprised that we're getting it so soon. The update, well, the uh, the Nether update, you mean? Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, that we're getting 116 so soon. Well, let me rephrase. I was anticipating it coming in June. I did not anticipate them telling us that it's coming in June. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I kind of just was expecting to be sitting on the edge of my seat as these pre-release numbers just climbed higher and higher. And then all of a sudden, bam, like, oh, well, Tuesday, it's out. Looks like next Monday is going to be a big spawn chunks, you know? Like, that. that's kind of how it's been in the past. But I, But feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember if they gave us a heads up for for 115 like hey it's gonna be ready in a two weeks or so um i mean and this is a ballpark they, they're not committing to a date they're just saying like hey we're looking to get it ready in the next couple of weeks so just a heads up for that so i think it's great um this is a personal note but i know that a lot of other people are in this boat too uh i'm currently running um optifine pre-release 13 so not even the latest optifine because the latest optifine to me is not performing very well uh it's also not out yet. So 115 for Optifine hasn't come out. And we're on the cusp of a 116 release for Minecraft. Um, I understand that Optifine is something separate and that it, we've had this full discussion on the show before. We don't need to get into the details, but I'm in a position where I might not be able to play Minecraft if I update to 116. Yeah. You know, like I, well, I say um, I can update my, my client and test it you know, and see. But if we updated the server where there's lots of other people that might not have this issue, um, because I have to tweak Minecraft so finely to be able to play it on my PC, uh, and I currently can't play it at all on my Mac, I, like, I'm, it doesn't feel great that I'm relying on Optifine in order to play the game. And I don't have slouches for computers. Like, I'm not trying to play this on an old laptop or a lot of uh, kids especially have hand-me-down, you know, PCs and things like that. Uh, so I'm a, it's, it feels a little bit strange that they're pushing for release so soon. While I'm happy about it, the number of bug fixes and the number of graphical fixes and all these things and the, the language around... Um, the the graphic driver is not working for fantabulous uh, or fantastic fabulous um graphics like it just feels like they're pushing all this stuff forward but i'm not convinced that minecraft really runs that well you know in in the background uh, in in my experience now very personal very specific note um but uh, i'm i would like to see more of these bugs being fixed because i i I think it's good. I think it's good for the game. I think they're they're slowly but surely pushing these things into a more concise, more hopefully smoother running um, game as far as the mechanics are concerned. But then all the other stuff they seem to do just seems to be breaking stuff. Um, have you, I mean, you might be not the right person to ask because with the content creation that you do, you've got a beefy video card. So have you noticed as the last few updates have marched forward. Have you noticed a big performance dip? Uh, I haven't really been in the pre-release snapshots at all, so I haven't seen anything much take place there. But when I've been in it, I've not noticed anything that's immediately broken my immersion and gone, okay, that's clearly something on the technical side that needs fixing. For me, it's all been right. pretty smooth sailing. And like you said, I've got a fairly like sizable setup here, so I'm not really necessarily going to be running into issues like that but it seems like with you it wasn't even necessarily a frame rate issue or you know not the kind of thing where you know you just run optifine to get like that fps boost it was more about like 
um you know the amount of cpu it was using for certain tasks and like that kind of frame stuttering yes. being created yeah. that was like a, a different kind of issue there and i'm not sure if that necessarily like how, how that manifests and how that can be fixed so it's kind of difficult to say whether that's the kind of thing that we'll see fixed in this full release or not but up until the day of release they are going to be fixing as many bugs as they feasibly can for this release so yeah we're, we're and we hopeful. only and we only highlighted a few folks like go check out the the note the show notes on the thesebunchunks.com which will link to of course the uh, patch notes uh, on minecraft.net because they listed all of them and yes, I mean there are, it, it there took are me so many bug fixes 15 20 minutes to read this morning um, but uh, yeah we only highlighted a couple of ones that we thought were were interesting uh, speaking of though I, I I didn't realize that uh, mobs were um, suffocating in soul sand and farmland again like I, 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 I or they weren't before I always find it tricky the way that they were these bugs but like I didn't know that that was a thing I didn't know that there was some spawning issues with iron golems that's been fixed uh, and there's a bunch of other things too. Um, I think the biggest thing that we can get into is the nether fortress mobs no longer spawning on the extending bounding box. Yeah. For me, uh, this makes sense. Like visually, while my nether fortress changes are going to hurt because uh, I like the farms that I have, it does make a lot of sense from a playing perspective. Like, oh, the skeletons and the mobs that are part of the nether fortress are going to spawn on the nether fortress that i can see in front of me not in some invisible box that i need to look up on the wiki you know yeah. to find out that it's there yeah i get that i get that and i and i think that it goes along with um the philosophies that they've put forth for the other kind of like easy afk farms and and high reward situations um i'm glad that they're bringing it up i'm glad that they're putting it out there i'm sad that my zombie pigment farm is probably something I'm never going to finish because it's just in the limbo, right? Like, just like, well, why do I spend hours finishing it up if it's not going to work? I mean, for, um, for infinite gold is the is the answer to that. Like, you're still going to be able to use the same design to get gold nuggets out of it. Uh, you know, play, zombie pigmen still drop a bunch of stuff without a player having to kill them. Sure, the gold ingots are nice to skip, you know, nine gold nuggets and just have a gold ingot, but... You're also looking at the main source of gold for people who don't want to go mining in a mesa. And, right, but the um, aggro chain is going to break, right? I don't think so. I think that has been fixed. There, there was a a problem with aggro bugs where um, like newly spawned pigmen, and this is something that happens in 115, newly spawned pigmen don't immediately pick up the aggro from the pigmen who are already angry. So that was effectively spawning pigmen in that weren't angry during one of the gold farms. And that, if anything, has improved the performance of gold farms if that's been fixed. Oh, okay. Um, the, the thing they were trying to fix at the time was the aggro bug that was effectively causing pigmen to act as though they'd been killed as a player every time. And they were planning on fixing that as well. They made that change in one of the early pre-releases. And as of pre-release 5, I believe they've rolled it back so the bug is basically added back in um, so that aggroed pigmen will still do that because they didn't want to disrupt community farms this close to the full release um and yeah it's it's a weird one but you're still going to get a bunch of of gold from that farm and ultimately it just means you have to change the design of the farm so that if you want player kill drops you have to stand there clicking a sword and you know there are auto clickers that will let you do that there are a few other ways around it and ultimately what it comes down to is you're still going to have the same mobs, you're still going to have the same opportunity to kill them, you're just not going to be able to step away from your computer with 
the current designs of farms. But then that always leads to a period of redesign. Whenever it comes to the technical community, I feel like people are good at being mature and embracing changes like this so that they can come up with new and possibly even more efficient designs for farms. Who knows? Um, but if, if you're designing stuff a certain way, then obviously there's going to be some stuff people are used to, some things from existing worlds that are ultimately going to break as a result of some of these changes. But there are still always going to be ways around it, and ultimately the difference between it being an XP farm or not comes down to whether or not the player is interacting with the mobs themselves, which is not, yeah. a, not a particularly huge change compared to them, I don't know, just like not dropping XP at all when killed, which would be a completely different scenario. Yeah, no, and, I, and I, I'm okay with it being a gold farm. I don't need it to be an XP farm. I think there's actually faster XP farms on the server right now. Yeah, like the, the Ender Ender that I have, uh, Nemon's yeah. Ender Mini design is so efficient that you can't collect the XP orbs fast enough once you start generating them. The only reason I use the gold farm over that is because the gold farm is easily accessible from the nether, whereas to use the Ender Ender I have to go through about five portals. But that's really not that much of an inconvenience, and there are many other ways of getting XP from farms. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Convenient though they are, and nice as it is to stand with all of the XP just flowing around you, you can just you can just stand there and hit things with a sword. It's it's okay to do that. <laughs> I don't want to seem like I'm being patronizing to people who rely on farms like this for this kind of stuff, but I think ultimately it's a bug that people have taken advantage of for a very long time. Um, and as we're seeing with some of the other bugs that need cleaning up, it can actually lead to a period of progress for the game so that some of the game's code that is, you know, a bit of a loose end can be tightened up. And I think the same is true of the Nether Fortress mobs. Apparently that has a broader effect on the spawning algorithm in the Nether that may be causing lag in the Nether. It may be causing other mobs to spawn incorrectly. And it's good that they're working on that stuff in order to tidy some of that stuff up. For the full justification, of course, I recommend checking out Sliced Lime's uh, comment, which we will have linked in the show notes as well. It's just a straight, a direct link to the thread he posted on Reddit about uh, words on things in 116. Although the title is a little misleading because ultimately they aren't in 116. They were just in the 116 pre-releases and they've decided to roll those changes back and introduce them later. Exactly yeah. when later, he is not going to say because they don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. worth a look i think for me it's less about the mechanics because i can i mean game mechanics change often for the better uh and even if you have to give something up it just usually requires more gameplay it's like well you're no longer bored in minecraft because because <laughs> you have to fix all the things yes uh yeah. but one of the things that i do find an odd feeling with me is that i've been putting off fixing the zombie pigment farm on my server because of all the changes that I know were happening. Like first it was broken and then it was going to be fixed. Then it's going to be fixed a different way. And now it's going to change again. And so that's fine. All the things are changing that it's fine. The problem is that it's just in limbo and I want to finish the darn thing. Yeah. And the motivation to go back and, and cause I mean, my, my uh, donut farm for zombie pigment gold is in the nether, not on the roof of the nether, not 200 blocks above the roof of the nether. It is in the nether in a lava lake, which means that, in order to increase the spawn rates, you have to slab like all of the things. You have to create a perimeter. And it looks cool and it's it's satisfying in the end, but like we're only half done uh, in both of the cases where I've done that. And so the motivation to complete those things, it's like, well, I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to wait until the update comes out so that I can uh you know do it properly and then you find out well the update's not coming anytime soon you're like all right well this just sits in limbo half finished until i have like spare time which no one does so <laughs> it's it to me it's like i would rather have a farm completed 
and then have it just not work anymore. Yeah. And I'd be okay with that. It's like, well, that's fine. It worked for 1.12 and 113 and all the way up to 116. And then it stopped. And that's fine. That's part of the game. It's a developing game. That's I, I signed up for that, you know? But when things are half done, again, I'm not complaining at, at Mojang for this. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> like, I already have a hard enough time trying to place, like, this many slabs. Yeah. <laughs> You're not helping the motivation at all. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, though. In 116, everyone's going to be spending more time in the nether in general because that's where yeah. all the new content is going to be. And these farms are going to work, possibly even, like I said, work better because of the uh, aggro chaining bug being fixed. Uh, they're going to work better for the duration of 116. And then from that point on, who knows? Um, they haven't said exactly when it's going to happen. 117 might be a completely different, smaller update like we had with Buzzy Bees, so they may not implement these changes until a lot further down the line and when they've had a little bit more time to discuss with the community how balanced some of these things are. Personally, I just think it's great that they are openly ch uh, communicating changes to the community this far in advance instead of, I guess, what happened with the pre-releases that's now been rolled back. It was kind of just happening overnight, seemingly. And I think it's nice that they are open to that kind of discussion and they're, they're, they're actively encouraging community feedback with this kind of stuff and a, a rational and civil discussion. Um, I also, I want to encourage the community to step up and not follow up with this tired Mojang hates farms narrative um, because they've clarified several times, uh, including Slice Lime on Twitter, saying that they don't intend to remove automated farms from the game. This sort of idea that they dislike automated farming is primarily down to the balance between effort and reward feeling commensurate with how everything else works in the game. So you have to put in a lot of effort to go to the end and beat the ender dragon, right? You know, there, there are some things that, you know, for the reward that you get, there has to be an equivalent amount of effort put in. And that's why things like bugs, like uh, sugarcane, you know plant growth with zero tick farms being patched makes sense because you can build that out of you know two redstone torches and a piece of string or whatever and you end up with a farm that can produce tons of sugarcane almost instantly and that's not really commensurate with the amount of effort that you've put in so the same goes with i mean zombie pigmen gold farms are a lot of effort don't get me wrong but then it's infinite XP for the rest of all time <laughs> and i i think based on a bug again it's it's the kind of thing that uh, seems like an exploit that people have been taking advantage of quite heavily and is maybe something that needs rebalancing for the game to have a long enough lifespan and for new forms of XP farms to even be worth it as well. I, I think that's part of this really is how do you compete with something that produces as much XP as a Zombie Pigman Gold Farm currently does? If they want to add something new in that's going to be exciting for players to farm is the, you know, the the, the kind of arms race that happens the escalation that happens is it really going to be a matter of them having to produce something else that churns out mobs even faster or do they balance things out a little bit better and provide new and interesting stuff for the players to to catch on to that's that's the the, the debate i'm having in my head right now Moving on to chunk mail, we have a couple of messages this week. And that email address again is spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Be sure to send it to that address. And this first one is from a username that is incredibly difficult to say. I'm going to call you 575. And it's about Minecraft Dungeons gear sharing. Hi, Johnny and Joel. I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons quite a bit with my friends this week and have been really enjoying the game. We have managed to complete the story on normal. However, there is one thing that we were wanting to see. 
a way to drop your items and give them to your friends. We thought, it uh, we thought about this when my friend picked up a weapon that he didn't like, but suited my playstyle. We were disappointed when he couldn't drop it to me. I can see why players can't pick up other people's loot before them, but I think players should be able to drop an item after picking the item up. Do you think Mojang Studios should add a drop feature to Minecraft Dungeons? Thanks. Username with the 575. We'll have that in the show notes. And P.S. Love your live streams of the game. Thanks very much for the kind words. And uh, I agree. I think that's a really elegant solution. Uh, I think that they may have to increase the longevity of the game by allowing players to share weapons. Uh, I think it would also increase the ability to someone like myself or Johnny bringing in a new player to the game and being like, oh, you know, like I wish I could give you this hunter's armor because you're brand new and you don't have anything and I just picked this up and this would be really good for you, but then you can't do that. And so I think it kind of slows the the introduction, I think, a little bit. Because I think the legs of the game are going to be multiplayer. Now, I haven't beaten it yet. I haven't gotten into adventure mode. So like I might be eating my hat in a week. But uh, I think that multiplayer is probably how I'm going to play the game long term. Because uh, it's really fun. And I think it's uh, the time that I've spent with you picks playing. I think that, you know, it, it was fun to to just be on multiplayer and just kind of like chill out and just have some Minecraft Dungeons smash face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Good times. Definitely. Um, the question I have is, Will receiving a dropped item from a player have a cost to it? Can you drop anything? Will an enchanted weapon bind to you? So if you've got an enchanted pickaxe, you can't drop it because you don't need it anymore because you've enchanted it. Maybe you can only drop items that you've picked up and not equipped or not used. That's an old thing from uh, World of Warcraft that I remembered that they did. Mm -hmm. um, do they limit the number of drops per level? Like maybe you can only drop one or two items or perhaps you can't drop items at all during missions and you can only drop them at the camp. So you have to complete the level first, and then you can swap stuff. Um, I don't know how it would work, but I think, I think they would have to do something. What do, you, what do you have for thoughts on sharing items in dungeons? Uh, I can see a couple of immediate problems with it. Uh, first of all being if you have a character who's already gone through apocalyptic level difficulty and you have gear that has like 100 power rating and it deals thousands of damage, you can effectively drop into a default player's session and give them the coolest stuff and then they can go through whatever early levels of the game just being able to completely overpower everything instead of having the intended experience mm. the way to get around that and this is something that's been implemented in other games is like to have a player level cap on how high the difficulty or how high the power level is that you can equip for something or, or maybe a difficulty level cap so when i was playing through default with my bare fist character it wasn't giving me anything above power level 39 and the question is do you then limit the power of gear it is possible for a default level character to equip to 39 before they can move on or do you end up allowing stuff like that and effectively giving players the keys to the game very early by just having one play session with a generous player who's playing on Apocalypse. Um, I, I do agree that it's nice to be able to share stuff when you're playing some some casual co-op with friends because when I was playing with my wife doing our couch co-op thing, um, she was very much favoring ranged combat and so I switched up my style and was like, okay, I'll, I'll go in and tank and I'll, I'll use some 
some melee weapons, and then as soon as I chose that, I was immediately getting all of the stuff that was intended for rangers. I was getting the hunter's armor that gives you better ranged attack and more arrows and that kind of stuff. And we had to go through a couple of levels before she was really getting gear that made sense for her character build. Um, and she was fine switching up styles and so forth, but it was also just... Um, you know, a little bit frustrating that there wasn't some way to share it. So I, I completely sympathize. And it's something that we, I think, posited as a potential feature ad before Minecraft Dungeons came out. We kind of looked at the beta and went, it wouldn't it be great if we could just trade items right here so that I could have the smashy weapon and you could have the ranged weapon or vice versa. Mm. And yeah, I, I think there might be a way to do it, but it ultimately leads to you limiting the amount of equipment that lower level players can equip, which I believe a system like that does not seem to exist in the game right now. Um, no, we and we had that problem in World of Warcraft when I played, problem slash benefit. Like, so if you wanted to get a, a, another character up to higher level first, you could send them stuff in the mail. Like you yeah. could, you know, my warlock could send something that he found to the warrior that would be perfect for him. That's like six you know levels above where i needed to be but it was a wicked sword and they would have caps on it like you you'd only be able to use it like you know if you were level 30 or 40 but like the difference is that rather than finding that that weapon halfway through your 30 to 40 zone you'd have it from the very beginning because yeah. someone sent it to you uh and i can also uh attest to how that can strip the fun of the game uh, i played warcraft with some colleagues um uh several years ago i think it was what expansion was it? Uh, Warlords of Draenor. And they had gone ahead farther than me. I was trying to bring up a character. And so I was given some, given some gear that they had picked up through some dungeon runs and stuff like that. And it just turned my PvE experience into button mashing. Like there yeah. was no strategy because it was just some crazy wand or some crazy thing that I had that would just dismantle everything. And it yeah. wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. And, and so I think you're right. I think they'd have to do something about, about that. Yeah, um, and it, it could be as simple as limiting it to character level and then just mm. encouraging players on default to grind. But then with there being areas that I found in the game where you can farm stuff fairly easily, I got my Barefist Steve character to level 50-something by the time I was fighting the boss, but I was still only getting level 39 gear uh, for, for power rating at least. So yeah, potentially like a level cap could work, but it could also have ways to get around it and ultimately they don't want somebody to have a, a sword that can one-shot the final boss which is no, ultimately exactly. which is what some people end up with when they get to apocalyptic difficulty and so forth so yeah really? it's Jeez. yeah i mean if, if you want to if you want to one-shot the boss on default then some of the swords and and weapons that you get in apocalypse will definitely do that um <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's if you want to roll your difficulty back and try you know uh obsidian pinnacle on the the the, the lowest difficulty setting you can manage Anyway, I haven't uh, beaten it yet, so... <laughs> yes, I mean, there you go. Maybe that's the solution, is is give give uh, Joel the sword to get revenge on the Arch Illager. Uh, we have another email here about Minecraft Dungeons, which is going to lead into our main discussion. This one comes in from Matt K. It says, Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast a lot recently, and I'm really enjoying the Minecraft Dungeons-themed episodes. Well, congrats, you got yourself another one. Uh, I have been playing a bit myself, and have noticed a lot of Minecraft Dungeons-related content appearing on YouTube. Specifically, I've seen a lot of videos covering what people would add into Minecraft from Minecraft Dungeons, which got me thinking, what blocks, mobs, items, or mechanics would you like to see appear in standard Minecraft. Maybe you'd like to see the redstone golems added, or perhaps the new weapons and enchantments. Very interested to hear what you think. Thanks again for the amazing podcast. Keep up the fantastic work. 
mats. And uh, this is something we actually avoided doing in our main discussion episode about Minecraft Dungeons because we knew this was going to come up and we knew that we would probably get into it and not talk about anything else. So thank you, Matt, for the email. Great to, uh, to get that in the inbox and uh, basically give us an excuse to talk about the textures and all of the, uh, the fun stuff that they've added in to Minecraft Dungeons because, boy, there is a lot. Yeah, I was, yeah, like, I mean, the cheeky answer is, like, all the things. Like, everything. I, I would like yeah. all the things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Well, it was a couple of things that I've, I've, I've learned from playing Dungeons is that um, in a lot of ways, they use the same texture over and over again repetitively, and it still works. I think um, of cracked bricks, cracked stone bricks. You see that texture, like, where I would use two or three of them in a wall, they've created a wall that's mostly cracked stone bricks and then yeah. just added like they've done the reverse in terms of proportions and so it's taught me that like there's some textures in currently in minecraft that i underuse uh in certain situations now <clears throat> i'm coming at it from a different perspective because i've been doing a lot of modern building lately so my mind is not in the medieval vibe which is mostly yeah. what minecraft dungeons is you're, you're working with a lot of concrete and flat color and that kind of stuff yeah. right yeah yeah but now, all that said, the things that spoke to me immediately from block texture standpoints uh, in Minecraft Dungeons were the path textures. You notice it in the first level. The pebbles and cobblestone uh, and uh, various different levels of like, is it a dirt path? Is it a gravelly path? Is it a cobbled path? Like all that kind of stuff I find really cool. And I think it would make sense in Minecraft. Like I think crafting something like combining cobblestone and dirt equals cobbly dirt <laughs> yeah. would, would be just fine. Uh, and uh, a lot of the other textures that I picked up on, uh, I think kind of stuck with me from my first impressions of the game because Pumpkin Pastures was included in the beta. Uh, I just really love like the fall leaf colors and the, um, in, in Pumpkin Pastures, it was a lot of the damaged stuff. So the fact that fire didn't remove the blocks, but it turned them into like smoking you know rubble. yeah you, you've got kind of like burned pumpkins and stuff like a jack-o-lantern that's been left out for too long and it's just burned from the inside kind of thing mm. and yeah the, so it made a... me think like there might be two stages to something if you lit it on fire in minecraft before it disappeared you might be able to light it on fire burn it and then put the fire out and then you'd have a different texture um so that kind of stuff kind of stuck out to me but really it was more it was more about for me, Minecraft Dungeons, it was more about the foliage. It was more about the surrounding stuff. It wasn't necessarily that I saw a building. I was like, oh, I'd like to build that. Because uh, a lot of that kind of stuff was made out of fairly straightforward vanilla blocks, with the exception of some later levels being cooler. But a lot of the early game stuff, first impressions, a lot of it was like grass and little yellow flowers on the tips of the grass and the trees and leaves and some of the bushes and stuff being like not squares, I think also help quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I love the Desert Temple level so much because of all of the sub-block detail stuff it adds. There's there's plants and stuff in there by the bucket load. There are also uh, pots that I think end up crossing over the boundaries between blocks as well, so they're not like snapped to the grid, uh, which really gives it like a more organic feel than you're really able to use in Minecraft without armor stands and entities that can be moved kind of like a, a, a small amount incrementally at a time. Um, there are sand layers, uh, which is something I know we've talked about on the show before as being something that'd be really nice for, for desert builds. There's also this great dark yet dusty brick texture that kind of goes in with what you were saying about having oh, yeah. a combination of cobble and dirt. There are, in, in Desert Temple, there are blocks where sand has gotten into the cracks of the cracked stone bricks and so forth, and it, it, it really suits the environment super well. 
Um, going back to what you're saying about foliage, there are bioluminescent mushrooms in creeper woods, and and there's glowing uh, redstone crystals in the redstone mines level that we've been talking about having more light sources in the game that behave like sea pickles where you can add to them multiple times to get an overall light level of something. And having little clusters of cave crystals or bioluminescent mushrooms would be super fun. Because right now the only bioluminescent mushroom we have, I guess, is shroom lights and also brown mushrooms giving off a light level of one, which is not going to help anybody prevent spawning. Um... I also really liked the uh, hoist elevator platform type things that are in redstone mines because every now and then you'll go through an intersection and you will just see a bunch of redstone blocks being winched up to the surface by some unseen mechanism. And I think because your perspective is limited both to isometric and to this sort of top-down view of everything, you can't really see the outsides of the level all that much it's not necessarily something you could import to minecraft because minecraft is a fully explorable 3d space and so that stuff has to go somewhere uh but mechanism stuff like that is limited in minecraft to what you can get from redstone and stuff like that there aren't really any kind of winch and pulley systems that you have to use things like pistons and stuff like that so there is maybe a little bit of even the technology that they're using there that could end up getting imported to minecraft in some form or another that might give builds a little bit more motion a little bit more life uh oh, which man. minecraft dungeons definitely has in in great supply uh there are also some really great statues especially in the last couple of levels as you go into high block halls there is a statue of the arch illager um standing over the ender dragon which is obviously very ostentatious and really suits the character of the arch illager um, being this kind of like boastful and taunting kind of guy who's a little bit full of himself because of the the influence of this orb that he gets but the um the statues are really great they're so detailed and statues are really one of those things that you have to build out of blocky components and you have to build a certain size because you can't get sub block level detail all that easily uh so it was super cool to see some stuff like that and while I'm sure it would have to be sort of limited to preset forms within the game, unless you had something like the statues mod, you could definitely do some really interesting stuff with statues in Minecraft. And I think you could even tie that to achievements, right? Like if you, like breeding the animals two by two, is that the name of the achievement? Something yeah. like that. Um, you could tie, like once you breed two ta two cows together, like you unlock the ability to then craft a cow statue. I don't know why yeah, you need exactly. a cow statue, but you know, <laughs> if, you, if you want one. And then, I mean, the model already exists in the game, so it, it, it could be something as simple as just a retextured cow to look like stone or some, iron or some something. Some literal trophy items, yeah. Like, it, 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 it makes a, a great deal of sense. How about mobs? Because there are some quite unique mobs in this. You're, I, by the way, I actually got the official dungeons strategy guide i ordered a copy of it um oh, because nice. it, it was released in the uk a couple of weeks after the full release sort of to the to the us the sort of other global releases um and i got that just so i could find out what some of the enemies names were because unless you encounter an enchanted one you don't get to see the names of the wraiths or necromancers even the geomancers i think you don't really know much about them um but yeah there are some original mobs in this game uh the redstone golem's obviously pretty iconic but uh what what else do you think that could be added to minecraft from this game so the redstone golem is actually something i thought would be a good mid-level boss um uh, something mm -hmm. harder than an elder guardian but then not as hard as the wither uh and the way that it fights you in minecraft dungeons would be feasible in minecraft like it wouldn't be you in first person you'd still have to run around and avoid the little laser things on the ground and like there'd be a, a fair amount of 
really cool stuff to to do. I think the problem you'd run into in in Minecraft would likely be the same problem that they run into in dungeons with the, the pathing was a little bit tricky in that it would get caught up on stuff and i would yeah. imagine in minecraft it would get caught on everything <laughs> yes yeah i'm sure yeah. it would it, it, you gotta have like a sizable sort of boss arena that the player can't then tunnel yeah. out of and escape to because you know sit yourself in, at the end of a a two block wide tunnel the thing probably can't reach you unless it had some kind of ranged attack so yeah yeah it's it certainly would take a little bit of translation from this sort of game experience to core minecraft but yeah. I, I i do like the design of those a lot and i think they are very very cool looking so yeah the ge the geomancer was the first thing that popped to mind as far as just a regular mob because i just think they're really unique they're really cool uh they are different they're so different than anything that we've seen in minecraft and i think that it would be really challenging to face them in first person I do think they might have to either nerf or remove the exploding monoliths altogether. Yeah. Otherwise, the, a geomancer that you can't see is going to wreck your house, your lawn, your neighbor's lawn. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. the baseball field down the street. Like, it just yeah, it'd I, be not, imagine, it would not feel good. I imagine them just doing, like, uh, explosive damage to players and surrounding entities, but not to blocks. I, I, I yeah. expect it, it would be like a creeper explosion, but without the crater that it left probably uh would make the most sense if you're going to fight one of those and even yeah just the fact that they can throw effectively like walls in your way um i'm not quite sure how that would work because the walls would end up being entities and yeah like i'm not sure how again i'm, I'm thinking more from a, a programming perspective it might be difficult but i'm a big fan of the what they've done with the illages and kind of expanding on the the collection of illages that there are the story behind it and um yeah, I, I think the Geomancer is a really fun addition, especially in the absence of the Illusioner, uh, which is currently redundant in the game's code, is not used anywhere. You can summon one from the menu, and they're a ranged attacker that causes blindness. And even that, again, is another iteration on ways in which these Illagers can mess with the player. I feel like a combination of that and a couple of indicators in the Geomancer is probably going to be lethal. Um, but then you, you also have to consider that maybe players in minecraft would then need some means to heal up faster I, I guess you've got like um splash potions of regeneration or healing or something like that that you don't necessarily have in minecraft dungeons because of the way it's laid out but i just remember throwing down so many regen totems just waiting for damage to come back from a couple of indicators chasing me in dungeons you mean yeah yeah that that's that, i i would so often have to like run away from large areas of vindicators and i imagine mm. coming up with considering how hard vindicators hit in in regular minecraft and not having the means to really increase your hp you just have armor that you can apply i have a feeling that yeah a geomancer traps you in with a couple of vindicators you're dead pretty quickly oh yeah a combination would be, would be pretty lethal um a more practical sort of standpoint might be the wraiths i thought i mean they're not terribly different from um blazes in terms of like floating they've got kind of like a ranged attack fire yeah you know, they lights the ground on fire it's different but it's not like completely left field from something that exists in minecraft already yeah there's there's precedent for something like that and i, I like the fact they didn't melee attack you so if you got one cornered then you could deal a fair amount of damage and it would just teleport away um 
and again the teleporting thing is something that exists in minecraft already as well so yeah the, there's there's certainly options for those i found them really irritating to fight uh, so oh yeah their so, aoe was something to contend with i can only imagine with you having such a short range like in a lot of ways mm -hmm. i could be outside of the fire and still hit the bad guys but like with you barefoot steve like that must have been crazy especially with i don't remember what they're called but they were the heaviest armored illager the royal guards like is that what they're called yeah um because those guys i mean i had trouble with a glaive like <laughs> i can't imagine going at them with nothing <laughs> yes yeah they're, they're they're a bit of a pain they're a bit of a pain slowing them down is usually the key because then you can avoid yeah. their attacks more easily but again that's something that's missing from regular minecraft is the ability to slow down mobs that are attacking you you have i guess slowness arrows and potions of slowness but people don't typically carry those everywhere um and so the enchantments like chilling i think is the one it's called where where or freezing maybe when you can apply it to your armor later and anything in a certain radius around you takes a slow down buff every couple of seconds and that's super useful for controlling crowds and especially with how surrounded you can get in regular minecraft having some means to freeze mobs so that you can escape more easily or just kind of pick out a couple of ones that are going to be the most dangerous and then deal with the rest potentially kind of useful even in splash potion form having some sort of like splash potion of you know liquid nitrogen or something that's just going to freeze them on the spot i feel like could be a, a really fun mechanic to work with so maybe if we're looking at how uh minecraft combat can learn from from a minecraft dungeons combat there might be some situations that could give you a really interesting edge and an unpredictable one for pvp situations as well uh looking at stuff like freezing or gravity is one of the other enchantments that pulls stuff in towards you so you can attack it which is you know a nightmare when creepers are around when you can't control it super well but is also very very useful when dealing with large quantities of ranged attackers and with bows being so prevalent in pvp i think it could maybe give the uh, melee focused attackers the edge mm, that's really cool speaking of combat what items or weapons would you want to bring over Oh, tempting as it is to say all of it. Um, I I may be a little bit biased, but I think bare fist fighting styles need some love. I feel like you know you you can potentially imagine having like a a fist wrap kind of item, which you know whether a permanent upgrade, maybe a piece of armor, or maybe just something that you hold in your hotbar, but could even allow you to punch trees a little bit faster to the speed of like a stone axe or something. Make that out of leather, and then you get a little bit of extra attack damage just from punching stuff. So that could be useful in a pinch if you don't have any regular weapons on you or if you want to do the monk playthrough. Um, and I think as far as equipment goes, I'm not super fussed about many of the weapons because uh, I, I like the fact that you can have some extra range with the glaive and so forth. But that's something that's going to be implemented in the core game a little bit later as far as like weapon attack range goes. So I'm still waiting to see how that works out before I think too heavily about what else could use that system. I really think having unique armor even just for vanity purposes is such a fun concept and this is the kind of thing that i've been talking about with uh suggestions for applications the smithing table could have where you can augment some of your leather armor with diamond pieces and customize it slightly and it just takes you away from having only four or five different sets of armor that you can wear and then all the players ending up looking the same um covering up your skin with the same sort of blue suit or you know iron armor kind of thing 
Um, I'd love it if leather armor could look a little bit more like the wolf armor from Minecraft Dungeons, even, you know. And th those are, again, things that can be accomplished with texture packs, but having some sort of interface for it or just like a couple of rare drops that you find in loot chests would mean a little bit more variety gets put into something which feels a little bit outdated at this stage. Yeah, I agree. I think that having some sort of unique armor or even just a different model armor, uh, sorry, ar armor model, yeah. Um, as you get to higher levels, like I mean, they had an opportunity with, um, netherite armor to do something different. Like I really like the, I'm not sure what it's called in dungeons. It's like the heavy armor, but you basically look like you're in a box. Like there's, you can't <laughs> see your face. It's just everything is just closed helmet. Everything is all shut in, and you just you look like a tank. And <clears throat> I really, I really thought that was fun. It because I would switch to melee, and it just I felt very formidable and um not that you see yourself that much in minecraft but i guess thinking more in terms of the pvp uh situation that would be really kind of cool because then again it would add that kind of unique silhouette so like when you're looking at five on five and say like a pvp situation you can say oh that person's wearing archer armor this person obviously has a lot of heavy you know diamond or heavy something on because they look like a big box you know so i think that could help uh and to, rather than everybody just being the same the same kind of different tints of blue um something that i gravitated to pardon the pun was the hammer mm -hmm. uh i wish it had more than one animation i don't use it because it's not as fun to use but i did find it a satisfying thing when i first tried it uh glaive i think would be difficult to implement in in like a pve situation or a first person situation like i just i find it difficult to gauge distance now in minecraft i don't know about a longer melee weapon in first person um i just like them for the idea of being able to put them in like armor stands in vanilla minecraft and just have them on display you know um being able to have them in the world when you're doing medieval stuff like not having spears not having hammers feels like it's been long enough that we could have something a little bit different yeah um, the, the hammers in minecraft dungeons though have some cool abilities like you mentioned with like pulling mobs towards you but also pushing them back you know having some kickback having an aoe and in in terms of like having that evade tactic in in minecraft i'm not a twitch gamer so i am not always fast enough to run away from a creeper that's going to blow up and a couple of times uh as i forgot to light up sections of my apartment building i would come around the corner into the apartment and go okay we we have a house guest and it's like right in your face mm -hmm. and um, I avoided it, but it's one of those situations where instinctively it would be really cool if you had the hammer as your weapon of choice to like slam it on the ground and push whatever mobs that are near you, near you back, you know? Yeah. As, yeah, the, as kind of like a, an evade, you know? The, uh, the other thing Minecraft Dungeons allows you to do is dodge roll. And it's obviously not something that would work in first person. That would be a nightmare. <laughs> Just tumbling right. through, through the world and getting motion sickness as you go. But I feel like maybe some sort of like sideways quick step could be good for, for combat. Again, I guess I don't know how that works out in PvP. You probably get people just like doing that constantly to to get, you know, around other opponents. But it does, um, you know, it, it allows a little bit more dynamic to the speed at which you can travel um, and allows you a little bit more uh, maneuverability against tougher opponents if they're going to add more challenging combat stuff into into the game. Um, I definitely don't think dodge rolling is the way to do it, but maybe some sort of like, yeah, quick sidestep shuffle, like a quick strafe dash kind of maneuver could mm. could work out for us. 
Um, I've been playing a lot of Satisfactory lately, and they have a crouch slide in that game. And the mechanic is meant so that you can slide underneath conveyor belts without having to always jump over top of them. Uh-huh. Uh, it just it gets you into basically like the crawl position in in Minecraft. But think about it as if you've got like a speed boost while you do it. It's short. It only goes a couple of meters, and then you stop. Um, but it's the exact same function as a forward roll in Minecraft Dungeons without the somersault. It's just like, it's like sliding into home base the, kind the, of idea. The, the rock and roll knee slide kind of. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly, kind of. exactly. And in sa- I don't use it in Satisfactory because the when people jump constantly in games like that, it drives me crazy. But mm-hmm. if you do that, followed by a jump, you get like an extra oomph on the jump. You go like right. an extra half meter higher or something like that. So you sure. can use it to get up. And the idea is that there is some platforming in the game. You can get up into higher places. But it, it's one of those things that like in Minecraft, that would be kind of cool. Like if you could jump two blocks when you do that, you know, instead of one. Um, again, I'm not, I don't know what that does for the PvP balancing. I'm only thinking about a lot of this in terms of, of PvE. But from just an aesthetic standpoint, without having to worry about balance, without having to worry about really affecting gameplay mechanics, I think just adding extra animations into combat in Minecraft in general would be fine. It doesn't have to add more damage, but just having the sword do more than one swipe, you know, or, or having the axe do more than one motion, even the pickaxe, if you're mining, if, you're, if your pickaxe was doing something different, like one of three animations, it would be just a little bit more fun, don't you think? Maybe yeah, I, I I like it for the the weapons at least for the sword and stuff. I I feel like that's potentially where Minecraft's sort of timelessness has come from is how minimal right. a lot of those animations are and the, the the sort of I I think that's the whole reason that the pickaxe feels like kind of a boring weapon in Minecraft Dungeons is because they wanted to remain faithful to the kind of overhand swing that everybody knows from core Minecraft. So there, there's there's a little bit of give and take there, and I don't know if I want. I, I it feels almost nostalgic at that point to to like be like no don't change that because that's so so minecraft that sort of like just wailing on a a single block with a pickaxe for a while just feels feels very much that way um yeah as as far as like enchantments and stuff goes as well there are so many more enchantments or, or like different sets of enchantments in dungeons than you see in regular minecraft and so many of them are focused on combat and i don't have any like i don't know if i'd have any specific ones that i would like added into regular minecraft aside from the ones i'd already mentioned but i think the concept of synergy between your equipment is so important to dungeons and it means that you can have stuff like class builds and and uh predictable abilities that you can use in tandem for really cool results i would love to see more of that in regular minecraft like having a diamond uh set of armor and a diamond sword gives you like a little bit of an extra boost it gives you an attack bonus or something like that having like right. sets of weapons or or different enchantments and stuff work together in unison to create something that's better than just having a patchwork assembly of anything else that you've got i i feel like there is some some ground to be trod there if they want to look into making combat in minecraft a little bit deeper and you could you can sort of do that if you like have all blast protection you know if you have all um is it fire protection is the yeah. other enchantment i mean i just end up going with general protection from my from my armor when i enchant it just because it's the simplest thing to remember but like it would be cool if you would have like that extra bonus uh similar to like how you get um respiration and aqua affinity on your helmets in minecraft if you could then 
combine all of the fire aspect, you know, um, things. And maybe the reward is, is double. Maybe you get like extra fire protection, but maybe when you combine everything like Voltron, you also get a really cool looking armor set, you know, like it, it creates a, a new aesthetic and you can see very clearly, oh, that person has got all this cool flame stuff coming off of them that they're obviously in a, in a flame, you know, flame armor or whatever. That could be kind of fun. Uh, in terms of um, like actual mechanics and stuff, I feel like I liked I liked the enchantments that were like bonus swings, like echo or yeah. bonus shots. They always made you feel more powerful and more cool. And just having like a bow in Minecraft that like, you know, every fifth arrow would explode, you know, or every um or even just having a bonus arrow. That would be cool too, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean having multi-shot just sort of randomly emerge from a weapon that you know, you've enchanted with it. I guess in, in um, regular Minecraft with multi-shot crossbows, it happens consistently, but then you don't really get the chance to do much else with that crossbow. I think having multi-shot and piercing is mutually exclusive, so you can have one or the other, whereas in Minecraft Dungeons, you can have multi-shot piercing and also, like, ricochet and stuff as well. <laughs> so there's there's, yeah. there's so many different variations on that stuff, which obviously ends up being completely broken for the, some of the game. And, and, like, you know, you can clear out an entire room if you have a firework plus that, but then that's mm. also part of the fun of playing dungeons and having large groups of enemies that you can just decimate to keep the pace of the game and i think the problem with that is minecraft is a little bit slower paced and doesn't tend to throw hordes of stuff at you in the same organized fashion there are mm. definitely setups in minecraft dungeons where it's more like a set piece and it's not like regular mob spawning rules apply so the game already knows where it's going to put all of the enemies when it generates the level whereas with them spawning randomly in regular minecraft it can't engineer situations like that where something like that is going to be effective so yeah there's there's a little bit of back and forth on this but i really think it's it's fun to look at extensions to minecraft like this and wonder what exactly they can bring back to the main game and we're not alone in this of course we were mentioned in our minecraft dungeons episode that um jasper burstra who works on the textures for core minecraft um hadn't i believe worked on the textures for dungeons but was asking just generally, is there anything in Minecraft Dungeons that you really like the look of that you think would look good in regular Minecraft? And to that, we raise our hands and we go, yes, all of it, please. Uh, especially, <laughs> especially the terracotta textures that show up in um, Cacti Canyon, where they've got that yes. kind of sedimentary rock stripe through them. Really nice. Could use some of those in regular Minecraft. But maybe, I don't know, texture pack makers, uh, that's a call out to you, might be available further down the line. And, and we will see. We'll see what people have. But I think that's probably where we're going to leave it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spawn Chunks. You can find information about the show and links to some of the stuff we've talked about today at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me, and The Spawn Chunks is proud, as always, to be a listener-supported podcast. If you're getting some value out of the show, consider putting some value back in by visiting patreon.com slash thespawnchunks. There you can join our community, and pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons-only Discord chat. Also gets us closer to our next milestone goals. We're still hovering around being able to do this recording live in discord for everybody to listen in and we are currently at 103 183 patrons which is up one from last week thank you guys so much for your support as always and special thanks go out to our content engineers cameron sigelski greener canuck jd williamson yakov nastin and yitz for your support on this episode 
Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. It's 100% free. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. You can also recommend us to friends by poking them in the arm. Or the next time you're sitting six feet across from them and just be like, hey, you should listen to The Spawn Chunks. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. And of course, I'm going to ask you to leave a podcast review or at least a star rating in the apple podcast app you're like why apple well because that is where a lot of other uh, apps look for new podcasts so if we have a good response there it's more likely that new listeners will find us when they search for things like minecraft when they're looking for a podcast the rss feed is on the spongechunks.com and the patron only rss feed is on the patreon page that's where you can listen to the render distance the extended version of the podcast my name is Johnny, but online I go by Pixorifs. You can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixorifs. But this week, I'm going to send you over to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pixorifs, where on Saturday, June 20th, from 12pm onwards, my wife and I are going to be raising money for the Loveland Foundation, an organization which helps black women and girls across the United States get access to therapy, which they may not have access to otherwise. Uh, so we're going to be raising a whole bunch of money. Our goal is $5,000. We have a bunch of really fun stuff lined up including a bit of Minecraft gameplay, a bit of Minecraft Dungeons gameplay, a few incentives for people to donate, and a few milestones that we will hopefully hit, including, potentially, me releasing a world download of the Minecraft Survival Guide world if we hit our goal, finally. Uh, you guys can find me at Pixorifs on both Twitter and Instagram if you want some updates on that. I will be posting them throughout the week until we go live on Saturday. Thank you if you can come by and support. It will mean a great deal to everybody. Uh, Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is at joelduggan.com. If you're interested in hiring me, then just drop me a line through the site there. The Citadel Cafe is my other podcast, all about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. You can find that at thecitadelcafe.com. I am at Joel Duggan on all social media that matters, and I'm going to point you towards twitch.tv slash joelduggan, where I was doing a lot of Minecraft interior design this week. And then I switched over to play some Satisfactory, so you'll get a little bit of both worlds. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but there's still space for more blocks.